We are in the sixth week of our current sermon series, Alive, Not Just Living, and it has been going by so incredibly fast. Um, I have to say that our, our teaching team has been killing it with this series, like, and with Mark and Jeff and Ricardo, like, they all have been bringing the word, and, and, uh, I, we are so incredibly blessed to have so many gifted communicators in our community. It is amazing when you think about it. For Because for a relatively small church, we are so well represented on all levels. From uh, from children's ministry, to, to worship ministry, to our connect, grow, and serve teams. We have amazingly gifted people in all levels of service here at the church. And last week I got to go to a conference put on by our denomination um, as a representative of the mission, actually. And, and it was just an incredible time. Uh, we were... We, we here at the church, are we proudly serve under the Christian and Missionary Alliance denomination, which is a worldwide church denomination that supports churches uh, and, and missionaries. And, and one thing that's really cool about our denomination is that our missionaries actually don't have to go raise funding. We raise it for them to send them out. So we just I, I just love that our denomination. And we are just one church in a much larger network of churches throughout the southwest pacific region of the united states and so once a year right all the christian and missionary alliance churches in our region send representatives to a conference held by our denomination and this year it was in palm springs and i had the privilege of representing our church at that conference last week and and uh let me tell you it was indeed a privilege um I got to share with so many other pastors the story of God's grace and goodness to the mission. And, and, and honestly, much to my surprise, many of them had already heard the buzz about what's, what God is doing here. And, and uh, were already kind of celebrating with us how faithful the Lord has been to our church, which has just been amazing. And, and, and like I said, it was an honor to be your representative, but it also kind of got me thinking in many ways, we're all representatives in our everyday life, right? Um, 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making His appeal through us. Whoa. <laughs> That's kind of scary if you, if you think about it, actually. Being the mission's ambassador was was actually easy compared to being a Christ ambassador because when the conference was over, I got to come home and like just be Jason, right? But being a Christ ambassador means that everything has to change. I have to allow myself to be completely changed from the inside out so that Christ can be recognized in me by my family, by my coworkers, by all those closest to me. This is what Galatians 2.20 is talking about when it says, I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave Himself for me. Isn't that good? That's so good. That means that even 
the people closest to me have to recognize Christ living in me. And like even my wife has to recognize Christ living in me. And I'm going to be honest with you guys right now. Kim does not always see Christ living in me. Sometimes she sees just plain old grumpy selfish Jason living in me. Which means that somewhere deep inside of me, I'm still hanging on to a piece of the old self and not allowing it to be crucified with Christ. Because when we are changed from the inside out, our whole lives speak very loudly about who Christ is and who He died for. And when we are changed from the inside out and become representatives of Christ, I guarantee people will take notice. Especially those closest to us and know us best. And they will, like, how will they notice? How will they take notice that Christ is living in me? Uh, What does that old song say? They will know we are Christians by our, say it with me, bumper stickers. Right? That's right, I said it, bumper stickers. Because after all, that's, that's what bumper stickers were designed for, right? So that people who you don't even know can see what you represent as they tailgate you, right? And the whole idea of bumper, that's, that's like the whole concept of bumper stickers. You, you can share a thought, a laugh, or a concept with people without actually having to meet them, right? And, and as Christians, well, we have some doozies. Um, should we look at a few, you think? Sure. Okay, alright, I heard a sure, so I'm going with it. Um, <laughs> first you got your classic bumper stickers, right? You got your, your classics like, warning this car, in case of rapture, this car may be unmanned. And, and, and also you got the classic, God answers knee mail, right? And, uh, and you also, this one may be my favorite, uh, my boss is a Jewish carpenter. I, I, I just think like, people who don't know the Bible are not going to get anything from that. But I think I had that on a guitar case at one time actually. Um, uh, and, and then so, you know, right. So Christian missionary, I mean, uh, Christian bumper stickers can be a little passive aggressive, right? Do you follow Jesus this close? And this next one is actually, don't show it yet, James. Don't show it. Don't show it. This next one... Ah, oh, darn. This next one is for... Uh, for RC may want to get this for his, his car. It says, uh, I love my Christian girlfriend. And uh, so back to the passive-aggressive. Um, on Number six is, Honk if you love Jesus. Text if you want to see Him. Right? And, and uh, so... And, and so this next one, uh, this next one, um, I think maybe we should all take seriously here. So, okay, um, so let, let, let's all get in a serious mind frame. Um, uh, it says, uh, let's see here where I lost my place. To get a better preacher, pray for the one you got. Right? So let's all just pray right now. Lord, Lord, please give us a better preacher. Um, no, uh, and then the, and then this next one, um, this car is prayer conditioned, right? Prayer conditioned, air conditioned, prayer conditioned. And then back, th- this one is not passive aggressive at all. Okay, not at all. Uh, Jesus loves the little children, whether they're honor students or not. 
Now, I'm sure somebody got saved by this next bumper sticker. I guarantee it. Warning, exposure to the sun may prevent burning. Right? And and you got this next one. uh, Forbidden fruits create many jams. That that was actually written by the fortune cookie guy. Um, Now, this next one is, is, is a little scientific. Evolution, when scientists made monkeys of themselves. And then the very last one, which is my absolute favorite because it also has a spelling error in it, and I'm partial to spelling errors. Um, it says, give the devil an inch and he'll be the ruler. Uh-oh. Right? So, obviously, I had too much fun looking those up. And, uh, and if you happen to have any of those stickers on your car, I seriously mean no harm at all. But, uh, but the fact is... <laughs> I already dug my hole. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, but the fact is that a few weeks after we put those stickers on our on our cars, the awareness of what we are representing fades a little, right? But it doesn't stop people from reading it while you're driving. Recently, we've been in the process of designing a, a mission sticker, um, and I'm super excited about it because I want every, everywhere I go, I want people to know about this amazing community that I have the privilege of being a part of. And, but it was actually my wife who pointed out to me that sometimes while driving on the road, I'm not actually the, a very good representative of Christ or the mission. And, um, and, and once that sticker goes on my car, I have to change the way I respond when someone cuts me off or is completely impatient at a four-way stop, I can't be doing the universal si- signal for what the heck, man, anymore. Like, Right? Because one, I shouldn't be doing that anyways, because this is Southern California and you can get shot. And, but also, the minute that sticker goes on my car, my driving and response to driving are representative of the mission and of Christ, right? And, which is a kind of a scary thought for me, because I, I kind of like this motion, you know? And, um, but nevertheless, in, in many ways, it's the same with how we live our lives. Obviously, I'm exaggerating a bit about the bumper sticker concept, but it, it is so true in today's society that if people know you are a Christian, whether you're paying attention to your actions or not, they are. And so how we live our lives as representatives of who Christ is in us is crucial. But it's not just about changing my actions, right? It's, it's, it's about allowing my heart to be transformed by God's love. And, and, and once that heart change is taken hold, it will seep into the way I live my life. Last week, Professor Ricardo preached an extremely profound message about this concept that is found in chapter 3 of Colossians called the old and new self. And the old self being who we were before we accepted Christ. And, and, and if you have become a Christian, the old self has to be put to death, just like we talk about in that verse in Galatians. And the old self in all its ways must be crucified with Christ so that our new self can come into being. And that means, as we read last week in Colossians 3, 5-11, through 11, we need to put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. 
Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its practices and you have put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge in the image of its Creator. Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. So when we read that Scripture, I feel like it's really easy to feel like we just got a huge list of things to do, or maybe not do. But the truth is, is that when we let go of our old self and put on that new team jersey, like Ricardo talked about, that team Jesus jersey, we put on our new identity in Christ. It shouldn't just be that our actions change. If we try to just stop these these actions, we're missing it. My root desires and motives have to change. And, and those changes become obvious in my actions and choices. And so many times we try to stop the action of doing something bad and never really deal with the root problem, the root desire of our action. And if, if because of my heart transformation, my root desire becomes to love God more, then my actions will naturally be to, as Colossians 3.5 says, to put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature. And so how do we keep the motives of our new self on track? How do we renew our minds when our motives begin to curve back to the old self? By a couple of ways are, are by praying and reading the Bible. We By renewing our minds in prayer and the Word, we are able to make course corrections along the way and and make sure our new self is centered in Christ. We've talked a lot about what a representative of the old self looks like, but, you know, like sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed. But what about the new self, right? What does a representative of the new self look like? Well, for that, we need to continue on in chapter 3 of Colossians because Paul is about to lay out a strategy for what it looks like for us to choose being a Christ representative in our everyday lives. We've read through the verses 1 through 11 in Colossians chapter 3 already. So let's begin at verse 12. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people... Holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body you were called to peace, and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs of the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, 
whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Wow. I mean, seriously, Paul just dropped some knowledge on us, right? Like, in just six verses, he laid out what the new self version of us should look like. The version where Christ is on display in me. The one that is choosing day by day to live for Christ in the right now moment. What does Christ living in me look like to those around me? Well, Paul's laying out a strategy of six things to help us stay centered in our new identity in Christ. And for our purposes today, we're going to call these six points our center points. Because we're going to be staying centered in Christ. So let's, let's break it down a bit. In the beginning, at verse uh, 12 and 13, Therefore is God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. So this verse may feel a little overwhelming to some of us uh, at first because it kind of feels like a long laundry list of like goody-goody stuff, you know? Um, uh, but the truth is the concept in these two verses is actually quite simple. Center point number one. Imitate Christ's compassion, compassionate, forgiving attitude. Imitate Christ's compassionate, forgiving attitude. I told you the concept was actually simple. I didn't say living it out would be, right? <laughs> Throughout the New Testament, you see Jesus having compassion for people. Many who were the outcasts of society. There's this beautiful account in John 8 in which the religious leaders of the day brought to Jesus a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. And these leaders reminded Jesus that the law of Moses required such a woman to be stoned and asked Him what He had to say on the matter, right? And without saying anything, Jesus just ignores them and, and bends down and just starts to write in the sand with His finger. And they suspected that Jesus would not condone the stoning of this woman and they were trying to trap Him into going against the law. This would have given them the upper hand to accuse Jesus later. And they continue to push Jesus for a response like bullies on a playground. And, and finally, in a brilliant move of compassion, Jesus simply says, let any one of you who are without sin cast the first stone. Then he bends down and just starts writing again. And a few moments later, he stands back up and looks around. And, you know, there was only the woman standing there, right? And just, and just some rocks on the ground. And Jesus says to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you. Jesus declared, Go now and leave your life of sin. Being a Christ representative means living a life full of compassion and forgiveness. Even when we have the right to be angry and bitter, holding a grudge does more damage to us than it does to the one who's wronged us. The key to forgiveness is constantly reminding ourselves how much we have been forgiven. Staying centered in our new identity in Christ means 
imitating Christ's compassionate, forgiving attitude. Continuing on to verse 14, And over all these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. So that long list of goody-goody stuff that Paul just gave us in verse uh, 12, compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, he's now saying to be successful at living those virtues out in your life, you must also have love as a key component. Love is the thing that makes all those virtues real in our life and not just a checklist of things we should be. And the kind of love we're talking about is not an emotion. It's a decision. A decision to put ourselves, uh, put others before yourself, right? And without this type of love, trying to practice any of these virtues will just lead to frustration and stagnation. Love is the thing that unites them all. And as that old song says, love, love will keep us together, right? What? I know. Center, center point number two. Let the love of Christ guide your life. Let the love of Christ guide your life. And in verse 15, Paul gives us center point number three. Center point number three is let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. The word rule comes from the language of athletics. And, and I promise not to make any sports analogies on Mother's Day. <laughs> but when Paul says the word rule, he literally means to let Christ's peace be the umpire or referee of our hearts. Our hearts are the center of conflict because... Um, because all of our emotions, desires, and life baggage clash there, and uh, when we're facing, uh, when we're faced with conflicting elements, feelings, and desires in our hearts, using the rule of peace is the healthiest decision we could make. Being, uh, beginning to ask ourselves which choice will promote. Christ's peace in my life and in the life of others will continually help us stay centered in Christ. And at the very end of verse 15, there is this little tiny sentence that can have a profound effect on our lives if we let it. And it says this, and be thankful. And be thankful. When... When I first became a worship leader, I used to lead this song all the time that had this line in it, A thankful heart prepares the way for you, O God. The older I get, the more I realize that thankfulness is a choice. Discontent people constantly calculate what's wrong with their lot in life, but thankful people, no matter how much or how little they have, no matter how difficult life is at the moment, can always find something to be grateful for. Thankfulness opens our hearts to God's peace and enables us to put on love. Center point number four, always be thankful. Always be thankful. 
Continuing on to verse 16, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I love that phrase, let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Remember, Paul is writing this letter to people who only had the Old Testament, right? Which is the part of the Bible before Jesus came to the earth. And, and his, the earthly ministry and teachings of Jesus hadn't been written down yet because at this point they actually hadn't, ha- like they had just happened not that long ago. And, and so one of the ways the early church would teach each other about who Jesus was his teachings and God's love for them as a father was through singing. My whole life, I've been horrible at school. <laughs> like, which is which is kind of funny because now so much of my job is studying and doing research, and and I've just I've always been horrible at school. And uh, God has such a sense of humor. But I <laughs> I remember when I was in school, I desperately and like I desperately needed to remember something like a spelling word or something like that, and my parents would have me make the letters into a song, right? And and putting the letters to a musical melody absolutely helped me remember how to spell the words when the test came. And and even now, on any given day, I can remember all the lyrics to the Disney movie songs, but I can't remember what my wife said to me five minutes ago. And And there's just something about melody that helps us remember, and, and the earthly church knew it, and and so they used to they used these psalms and hymns to remind themselves of who Jesus was and what he did for them. And, and now we have the New Testament, right? So teaching and keeping the accounts of Jesus fresh in our minds has become a lot easier. Now you can download a free app on your smartphone and have access to hundreds of translations of God's Word at your fingertips. It's never been easier to access the Word of God than it is right now. So whether it's through your daily devotion time or singing songs to God, center point number five, keep the Word of God close to your heart. Keep the Word of God close to your heart. I can't emphasize this strong enough how important this is to stay to staying centered in the new self. There's a saying in church ministry that when people don't have all the information about what's going on in the church, they fill in the blanks of what they don't know themselves. And I think that's so true about God's Word as well. It's a lot easier to take liberties and take things out of context when we're not developing uh, a consistent relationship with God through His Word. And finally, verse 17 says, And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through Him. Notice that word, all. It doesn't say whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it on Sundays in the name of Jesus. No, it says do it all. Everything. In every aspect of your life, allow Jesus to shine. That means your everyday waking, sleeping, eating, working, married, parenting life. In other words, 
in all the adulting you do, do it with Christ in you, says Dr. Seuss. Um, just kidding. Um, which leads me to our final center point, and it kind of sums just everything up we've been talking about. Center point number six, live as Jesus Christ's representative. Live as Jesus Christ's representative. As the band comes, being truly centered in the new self, our new identity of who Christ has made us to be, is the key to becoming who you were born to be. I'm going to say that again. Being truly centered in the new self, our new identity, who Christ made us to be, is the key to becoming who you were born to be. We were born to be sons and daughters of the King and representatives of the Kingdom. Living as representatives of Jesus Christ means keeping God's Word close to our heart. Allowing the peace of Christ to rule and and putting love on to guide our lives. It means we need to have compassion and forgiveness for others as we imitate what our Savior modeled for us. As Christians, we're supposed to be we're supposed to represent Christ wherever we go and whatever we do. And yet so many times in the news, and don't even get me started on what Facebook is like right now, I see Christians doing and saying things in the name of Jesus that so don't represent Jesus. And I'm not judging, but I want you to ask yourself this question. When people are around me, what kind of impression does Jesus make? When people are around me, what kind of impression does Jesus make? What kind of impression do people have of Christ when they see and talk to me? What kind of representative of Christ am I? Just like those bumper stickers that we put on our cars I was talking about earlier, it's so easy to slap on the title Christian. And as time goes by, let the meaning and identity fade. And let other things, worldly things, earthly things, creep in to who we are. So let's let the message of Christ dwell richly among us. But our, aware, like our awareness of this title can fade so easily. And, how, and, and like I said earlier, whether we're watching and paying attention to our actions or not, people are. And so, think about it. How do they see Him in you? Guys, I want to just admit to you guys right now in just a, like a moment of sincerity, not that... Everything I haven't been saying isn't sincere, but in my own life, I'm still working on all this stuff. I do not have it figured out. I'm, I'm, I'm honestly getting to a place now um, where I'm in the Word of God regularly more. But even as a pastor, 
I let it go so many times. So many times other things become more important to my schedule. These things that we're talking about, it's a process. And there's beauty in the process. But it is, it is, it is work. It's more than just stopping old actions, stopping bad actions. It's allowing our hearts to be transformed so that we desire to be in God's Word. We desire to be passionate. We desire to give grace to others. We desire to represent Christ well. And so, I just want to pray for us at this moment. I don't know if anybody else is resonating with me. I feel like in the last you know, year or so, I've been a representative of busyness more than I've been a representative of Christ. And I need that change. I need that heart change in my life. And I don't know if anybody else does. Let's just bow our heads. Um, if anybody is resonating with just needing that heart change right now, needing that desire shift, would you just slip your hand up and put it, put it back down? Okay, I see it. Okay, I see it. Um, as we, uh, as we close out this time and message, I just want to lift up all the people that just raised their hand, myself included, Lord. God, help us to desire You, Lord. Help us to want to know You and be known by You. Father, put a desire for us to be in Your Word, in our hearts, Lord. God, above all else, Lord, let us represent the kingdom of God well. Let the message of Christ dwell richly among us, Lord. Help us stay accountable to each other, Lord. Father, we thank You for the process, Lord, the refining process. Continue the good work that you started in us. Continue the good work that you started in this church. And as the ushers come forward, we shift our focus to giving you what is already yours. Lord, we know your word said that you... You, loved, you so loved the world that You gave Your only begotten Son. You so loved the world that You gave. And so we recognize that generosity is the overflow of love. And we love You. We love You. So as we give back to You now, Lord, as we bring to You what is already Yours, Lord, expand it, Lord. Use it. Use it for your will throughout the nations. And here in Redlands, God. We love you, Father.